Good morning. We're going to do something just a little bit different this morning. When I was trying to pick songs for today, I had this, the song to the table kept coming to my mind and decided I want to sing, wanted to sing it. Um, this is normally a song that we do kind of towards the end, maybe for invitation or um, normally the last song that we do, but I couldn't get it out of my mind to start off with the song and do it at the beginning because what what I kept thinking about is how important it is to come to the table to start off start off worship by coming to the table and just giving Jesus all of our struggles and all of our trials and all of our worries um, anything that's heavy on our heart anything that's burdening up burdening us because um, the only way that we can freely and truly worship is to start off by giving everything to Him so that we can give worship back to Him. So as we sing this song, I just want to give you the chance if there's anything that you need to bring to the table and give to Jesus so that you can truly worship this morning, we're going to give you this chance as we sing this song. Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through You keep standing at a distance shadow of your shame There's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come take your place Bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before all your sin and all your sorrow and your sadness, there's a Savior and He calls, bring it all to the table. He can hear the weight you carry, the fears that hold your heart. cross you've been forgiven you're accepted as you are bring it all to the table there's nothing he ain't seen before all your trials all your worries and your burdens there's a Savior and He calls, bring it all to the table. 
I'm at my end You're just getting started When I hit a wall You just walk through When I face a mountain You are the maker So it's gotta move I'm out of faith You are still faithful You got 
you're the God of the breakthrough When I'm breaking down you'll be working away through When there's no way out this one thing I know You're still on your throne So whatever I'm feeling I've still got a reason To Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much that we have a reason to praise. God, you've been so good to us. God, we just pray this morning, God, that you would just be lifted up. God, that you have, uh, you have enjoyed the worship today in song. Lord, we just pray, God, that we would just, uh, just lift you up in everything that we do. God, we pray for Brother Darrell as he comes to deliver your word. God, bless him as he speaks to us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome you again to the Lord's house. If you have your Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And there's a title page on the screen, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Actually, the same scripture I started out with last week, but... Uh, didn't really deal with it, went on to the resurrection. These are the first words of Jesus recorded in the book of Matthew as we work through this book on Sundays. If you have your a hard copy of your announcements, there's an outline of this on the back side of those announcements. Humility, the title of the message today, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Uh, so Jesus now comes on the scene. And for the first time in the book of Matthew, he's an adult, of course, and the ministry of Jesus begins right here. And that's why in verse 13, the first word is then, then Jesus. So we're having trouble getting that scripture up, and that's okay if we do. There we are, uh, Matthew 3, 13. Then Jesus, so this is the beginning, this is where Jesus comes to John in the to be baptized. And Jesus came from Gal Galilee uh, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Notice what John, the reaction of John. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? Uh, but Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And we're going to use those two verses primarily, but we'll read on to the rest of the chapter, 16, 7, 16 17. When he had uh, then baptized Jesus, came up immediately from the water, and uh, behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased okay going let's just go ahead and go to the first screen of our of our outline the message is humility and we're going to look at the humility of man the humility of John and then the humility of Jesus and being baptized by John so we could call that kind of the humility of God so the humility of man and then the next will be the hum humility of God our humility before God is seeing who we really are 
and never forgetting our need. I don't know if you caught it, but it came, it came from the scripture where John saw Jesus and so humbled by it, said, I, you know, Lord, how can I baptize you? You're the one who needs to be baptizing me. In another place, John says the famous line when he's talking about Jesus, he said, John said about Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. And it's just the humility of man to see our need, uh, see who God is, see who we are, and, and never forget our need. I've been thinking about this. I'm not going to stay very long here. going to move on to the hum- humility of God. But I've been thinking about this part all week long. And every time I think about what I would say, it's changed a little bit. So some of it's just my perception of things. But here, here we go. Uh, before Easter, you know, really talking to, to all of us about that that one lost sheep and, and going out there and trying to get pe- people who didn't know Christ, making a, making a special effort to invite people to church who don't go to church. And I have to really commend you. Uh, last week we had, we had so, many pe- so many people here who did not go to church, okay? And that's, that's what we want. Uh, we're not trying to move the kingdom sideways. We're not trying to take people from a church we're trying to trying to move the kingdom for, forward so we're trying to to reach people who don't go so i i really commend you i know that you, that you worked at it uh i did too and uh about the oh two or three weeks before easter i i think i probably talked to more people about jesus than i than i ever re- remember Okay, just any anyone I could. Okay, I, w- I really had that in my head about that one lost sheep. So I was looking for lost sheep everywhere I went. Here's the point. Uh, this is perception. But uh, looking back on the last two or three weeks, talking to people about Jesus, talking to people who didn't know him, don't go to church, haven't heard about him, uh, my perception was, is, that it seemed to me that there were so many people I talked to who had his, who were filled with pride. Pride, and it, and it came out like this. I, you know, you can talk to me about Jesus. I, I, I would have to say, I did not talk to one person who was, who was angry at me or mad at me or disrespectful to me. None of that. What I did get a whole lot of was, hey, I, I appreciate you, appreciate what you have to say, but I don't really need that. You know, I don't really, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, I'm doing fine. I don't really need that. And they may not have come out in so many words said that, but in so many words they did say that. I'm, I'm doing fine. I, I appreciate your interest. I appreciate that you, that you care, but I, I'm just not interested. You know, and the first of the week I thought about that I would share that because we're talking about the humility of man and never forgetting our need. But it did it did strike me, and I think the first if I was saying this the first part of the week I would have said something like, uh, I think people are getting more filled with pride. I think people are more have forgotten their need. 
I don't know that that's true. Now that the end of the week has got here, when I'm speaking now, I wonder if it's just not the way I see it and if it's just not kind of me and the way I see them because just my personality and uh, every disciple in Scripture and every disciple that there is has a personality that's different. And when somebody tells me or somebody implies or somebody demonstrates to me that they just don't need Jesus and they're not, they're not really, really interested in that, they don't, that bothers me. And uh, I just have to tell you, sometimes it makes me mad, okay? I just, I don't get it. I can't, I can't uh, put myself in, in their shoes. So I think a lot of it maybe is, is just me. Okay, I realize those people that I'm talking about, they're, they're not here. Okay, so I really try to make an effort to not preach to people who, who aren't here. But you are here. Okay, so I'm preaching to people actually t today more like me. And I know that hardly anybody in the room would say, you're not interested in Jesus, you don't need him. You, you don't, you're not going to say that. Why? Be how do I know you're not going to say that? Because you're here. You probably wouldn't be here if you felt that, that way. All right? Don't ever lose that sense of need. Ever. Don't ever lose that sense of need. The humility of man, hum humility before God is seeing who he is and seeing who you really are and never forgetting our need. I don't ever want to get like to the people that I'm trying to reach. Not that I am better. Don't ever think that I think that I'm better. I'm just in a different place. And I do somewhat at least see my need. And I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to stop being like John the Baptist. Jesus must increase. And I must decrease. He is so much more than I am. And, and everything I've got I owe to him. Everything I, I am I owe to him. And I need him in every way. I don't ever want to lose that and I'm tempted to sometimes because things maybe and it, oddly enough it's when things are going pretty good that's the problem things are going pretty good and 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 I can feel myself losing that humility and I don't I don't want to do that we've we got to work at it we've got to work at that and remind ourselves now wait a minute I'm nothing I'm nothing and he is everything. So that's the humility of man. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, let me just mention this, and then I'm going to come back to this at the end. When I was thinking about the people that I would talk to that just didn't show any interest, didn't see their need of Jesus, don't need that, my reaction to that was, well, you know, God's got to do something. God's got to do something in their life to show their Show them their need. Sometimes something bad's got to ha happen, okay? And, you know, and I was thinking like that. So I'm going to come back to that thought at the, at the end. Let's go on to the, to the humility of God. And we don't hear that term a whole lot. 
But uh, Jesus being baptized, that's where it starts. Jesus being baptized. Why would he need to do that? He doesn't have sin. Baptism is a baptism of repentance, repentance of sin. Why would he need to be baptized? But he did that, and that's what he told John. No, no, we need to fulfill all righteousness here. Okay, so we're going to talk about that, the, the humility of God. Philippians chapter uh, 2, 5 through 8. Paul writing, let this mind be in you, us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He knew that he was God, didn't, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. He knew that he was but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being in, found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. You see that? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Okay, that's the humility of God. He didn't have to. But he came to be like us. And that's what the baptism points to. And that's what the cross points to. Why would Jesus have to hang on a cross? It wasn't for his sin. It was for our sin. So it's God identifying with man. The next screen. God's humility towards us is identifying with us and our sin. Why, why be baptized if, if you don't have sin to repent of? Because that's what Jesus is asking us to do. So he did that with us. Why hang on a cross when you have nothing to die from, for? You haven't done anything wrong, but we have. So this is God identifying with us, God reaching down to us. I've used this a lot, not a new thought whatsoever, but I do want you to think about this sometime, often. It's a terrible thing for Jesus to have to go through the die on that cross for us. It's a terrible thing for God the Father to watch that. God the Father watching as they uh, beat his only son before they put him on the cross. As they beat his only son. As they put the crown of thorns on his, on his head. As they mocked him. As they pulled out his beard. As they hung him on the cross and God the Father watching that. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be that way, but it has to be that way to save us. So this is God's humility toward us is identifying with us and our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Galatians 3.13, very much the same thought. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. The next line, the next screen, real ministry is, is identifying with those you are trying to reach. Real ministry is identifying with those you are trying to reach, and that's what God has done for us. When Jesus was baptized, when Jesus hung on the cross, that's identifying with him. He came to be one with us. Now, I want to take that same thought. This is God's humility. I'm going to kind of go back to 
uh, our humility, though, when we're trying to help each other, reach each other, when we're, when we're dealing, like for me, the last few weeks I'm dealing with someone who just doesn't seem to care, you, you know, it kind of, uh, I have a hard time identifying with that. But real ministry is identifying with those you're trying, trying to reach. Let me put it to you this way. We're a lot better at this than what we used to be. But I do want you to think about this, and I don't ever want us to go backward. But let's don't ever complain about people we're trying to reach. Okay? Let's don't ever complain about people we're trying to reach, but rather identify with them as God has with, with us. I want to read the last part of uh, the scripture text, and that's verse 16 through 17. Now, uh, we teach the Trinity, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And I, I don't know if you caught that, but I want you to read this with me again. And I'm just going to read, Matt, I don't really care. You've already got it up, up there. Okay, okay. Matt's always ahead of me, never behind. He's always ahead. Verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matt, let's leave that verse on the screen if you would. So you see at the same scene there at the Jordan, you see the Son, Jesus, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And you hear the voice of God the Father saying, Behold, uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Um, I want you to look at that verse. And I want you to look at the word my. This is my beloved Son. Okay? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let's look at the next screen. I'm going to change the thought here a little bit as we end. We're loved by virtue of whose we are, not what we've done. We're loved by virtue of whose we are. Did you catch what God the Father said? This is my son. Why does the Father love the son so much? Because it's his son. Why do you love your son so much? Why do you love your children? If you're a parent in the room, why do you love your children? Because it's yours. The little brats, they're little brats to everyone else, but they're yours. And other people look at yours and say, how can you love them so much? I know people did mine and still do. Why? How can you love them so much? Because they're mine. That's why. Because they're mine. And God the Father looks at God the Son. This is my beloved Son. And I've used this before, but I'm, I'm having a hard time getting away from this. In Matthew 1.21, way back, when the angel said to Joseph, you will name this child Jesus, and here it is, 
He will save his people from their sins. His people. Why does Jesus love us so much? Because we're his. That's why. Nobody else loves it, but why? Because we're not anyone else's. We're His. We were made by Him and for Him. We're His. That's why God loves the, uh, those that are so hard to love, like the people, some of the people that I've run into. And you know what? Me. I can be like that, that too. So hard to love. And sometimes they get on my, they just make me mad by some of the things they say and do. And yet God still loves them every bit as much as He loves me. Why? Because they're His. It's like the Father looking at the Son. That's my Son. That's why I love Him. Why does Jesus, why is He not able to give up on us? Why is He not able to give up on you? Because you're His, that's why. You're His. And other people look at you and say, oh, God, you ought to just give up. I look at some people and say, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know why God doesn't just give up on them. Because I would. Because they're not mine. They're God's. They're His. And He's looking. It's that lost sheep again. Why does the shepherd care so much? Because it's His sheep. Now the hired hand doesn't care. If you look in John 10, the hireling, as soon as the wolf comes, the hireling runs, runs away. He doesn't care about the sheep. He'll run away the first sign of danger. The wolf, he, he just runs. Why? Because the sheep don't belong to the hireling. He's just a hired hand. But the shepherd won't run away. And the shepherd won't quit. And the shepherd will continue to look no matter what. Why? Because it's his sheep. That's why. The Father loves the Son so much because it's his Son. The, Jesus loves you so much because you're his. And he just will not give up on you. Uh, that's changed my mind about the people that I've run into. I get so frustrated with them, mad at them. I don't know why you, how can you be so careless? How can you be so cold in your heart? I just, you know, I just want to give up on you. I don't know why God does, because they're not mine, they're His. And he's not given up on them. But you know what? He hasn't given up on me. And I've got to remember that. And I've got to remember that, you know, people, I'm going to use this last verse, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Really good verse. So it's the last part of it. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Here, here it is. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God. See, sometimes I want to be like James and John. Jesus was going through a certain town and they wouldn't respond to him and they wanted him to leave. And James and John, the sons of th thunder, Jesus gave him the name, said, hey, hey, Lord, can we just bring down fire on this town? And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. No. That's not what I came here for. But sometimes we want to be like that. Oh, God, just give up on them. Go, oh, God, just, just do something bad to make them re repent. Do something, you know, make, make their life miserable until they repent. But it's really, it's not 
I would have thought maybe it's the wrath of God that leads people to repentance. It's the, it's the anger of God that leads people to repentance. You know, if, if, if it's a judgment of God, that will lead them. If God would scare them, you know, if God will really give them a good scare, that will lead them to repentance. But that really isn't what the Bible says. Sometimes those things do work a little bit. But the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Boy, I, toward the end of the week, I really begin thinking, you know, I need to change my heart. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. When they start realizing how, how much God has done for them, the humility of God in coming down to reach them, and it's my job to spread that message to them, to you. It's the goodness of God that changes hearts. I realize, I know who I'm talking to. And we can forget this sometimes. But it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. I want your Christianity, I want your discipleship to revolve around this. I'm doing what I do because I want to. Not because God is twisting my arm. Not because I'm afraid God's going to hit me over the head. I grew up in a church that taught that as a child, this is how I got it. I better act right. I better behave. I better do right. Or God's going to hit me over the head with a club. And some of you have been kind of raised like, like that too. Well... You know, he, he might, <laughs> but that's not how I want to live. And that's not the kind of discipleship that, that, that I want. I want to serve him and love him, and I want to do what I do because I want to, because I love him. How does that work? It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. First John 4, we love him because he first loved us we love him because he first loved us so i'm not doing this this morning because i have to i'm not doing this this morning because you pay me to i'm doing this this morning because i want to and i want to because of him he has put a holy want to in in my heart it's not because i'm afraid of him it's not because I think he's going to beat me over the head if, if, if I don't do it. I'm preaching the gospel because I want to. And the Holy Spirit has come in and just completely changed my life. And this repentance and, and my changing is because of the goodness of God. Not because of the wrath of God or the judgment of God. And I love him because he first loved me. What I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do today is to soften your heart and to soften my heart toward myself, toward each other, and toward those who we are trying to reach. Jesus has, has changed our lives, and we're trying to spread and share, um, share a message with everyone who will listen and who will care. Jesus is there to change your life. Now they might say, I don't care, but we're not going to give up. And we're not going to stop. I'm not going to give up on them. I'm not going to 
stop because of the love that the Holy Spirit has put, put in, in our heart. I'm going to ask you to stand and musicians come this morning. I don't know what you've been through this past week, and I don't know who you've talked to, and, and I don't know what's going on in your home. I don't know what's going on at your workplace. I don't know what's going on in other parts of our church. I don't know what's going on at school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to bow your head, and right now just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I don't know that it, you've had some uh, confrontation. I don't know if you've had words with someone else or someone else has just made you mad. Someone else has really disappointed you. Someone else has really aggravated you. This morning I'm going to ask you to let that go. And let the Holy Spirit do his perfect work in your loving heart. I'm going to ask you to go back to humility. Where we put Jesus first in everything. And I'm going to ask you to allow Jesus to take over in this situation. If there's someone that you're aggravated with. Someone has hurt you. Someone's talked about you behind your back. Someone said things about you that aren't true. I'm going to ask you to let Jesus take over. I'm going to ask you to step back in humility. And say, Lord, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to act this way. I repent. And I change my mind about this. And Lord, I'm asking you to take over in this relationship, in this situation, at my school, my work, my church, my friend, my spouse, my children, my parents. And God, I'm asking your Holy Spirit to take over. Because I just don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like this. I want to put you first. I want you to fill my heart with love. I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want, to, I want him to come first. I want to love because you first loved me. I want to go back to a heart of love. I want to love you, Lord, and I want to love each other. If you need to come and just talk to the Lord about this thing going on with you right now, he wants you to come and talk to him. So come to an altar and pray and just give this to Jesus this morning.
Still have it. 